0: Welcome to The Glittering Bell Jar, a Harry Potter podcast. I'm Valerie.
1: And I'm Bree. We're two writers and Harry Potter fans. In this podcast, we explore the Harry Potter series by reading it backwards.
0: As you might recall, Harry and his friends discover the power of The Glittering Bell Jar in the Department of Mysteries as it causes objects to move backward and forward through time. We're doing the same thing each week, working backwards through a few
1: chapters, starting with Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Ready to explore Harry Potter in a new way? then join us in the Glittering Bell Jar. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Glittering Bell Jar. We are in Season 2, covering the Half-Blood Prince, starting all the way at the end of the book and moving towards the front. Today, we are covering Chapter 19, Elf tells, but before then... Uh, I am here, of course, with the incredible Valerie Stymac. Oh my gosh, you're not st- you're not that anymore. You, I forget, you have uh, Jacob's last name now.
0: Well, we have a new last name, but yes, I'm here. <laughs> and it's not legally my name yet. And in fact, we're still working on that. And I keep doing things where I'm like, this is going to be such a pain to change this other thing, like global entry or my passport or my driver's license. So yeah, I'm still Stimak for now. <laughs>
1: Stimak, excuse me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm
1: good. I'm good. Uh, Yeah, nothing too crazy going on around here. Anything exciting going on
0: in your world? No, I just spent the day writing. I've been working on some projects that require a lot of writing, and I'm about to go on a vacation, so just getting work done ahead of that. For those of you who have never googled us because uh why wouldn't you google us but anyway if you don't know anything about us I do I run a bunch of different websites I run a Harry Potter website you often hear us talk about that at the end of each episode but I run other websites too and me and my team of which Bree is a part of that's how we ended up working on this project together we are prepping because I will be offline for several days and I want to know that my team has everything they need and the work gets done so you self-employed people out there I feel you we're we're in the same boat <laughs> yeah vacations are hard <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're weirdly hard to take when you work for yourself. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't think so. They're hard to take when you don't work for yourself. See people who are employed, they're like, oh, it's so hard to get PTO approved, and I blah, blah blah It's like it's the same thing when you're your own boss. In fact, my boss, A.K.A. me, is way harder on me than any <laughs> boss I've ever had. <laughs> the only thing, this is a I every once in a while we get on a tangent right at the beginning of an episode. And I hope some people agree with it. The only thing that I love, like, I love, love, love about being self employed fully is there's no weird meetings showing up on my calendar being like <laughs> check in with boss. You know, you get those and like you get the biggest adrenaline rush and you're like, oh my God, I'm going to get fired. I, I don't know. I'm going to get strung up in the town square. Like, what did I do <laughs> wrong? And you start trembling for hours until that three o'clock meeting on a Friday afternoon. Thanks for ruining my Friday, boss. That doesn't <laughs> happen anymore. When Valerie's upset with Valerie, Valerie knows instantly and just deals with it, which is kind of nice. <laughs> (laughs)
1: yes that is very true it's hard to take a vacation but less anxiety
0: (laughs) yes generally (laughs) yeah less anxiety about three o'clock meetings on a friday don't have those (laughs) anyway fully off the rails on this one let's kick it off so yeah as you said we are on chapter 19 this is episode 12 the chapter is called elf tales and let's just jump right in
1: Well, it is Ron's birthday and he is spending it unconscious in the hospital after being poisoned. (laughs) Harry, Hermione, Ginny, Fred and George spend some time trying to figure out why the drink that Slughorn had poured for him had been poisoned, but to no avail. So outside the hospital, Harry can now not get rid of Lavender Brown, who, of course, wants to discuss, you know, Ron or Ronnie, whatever his nickname was. Uh, Won Won. Ron Won, thank you. (laughs) Or McLagan, who is taking Ron's place as keeper and wants to tell him basically how to run the team. During this, he's, of course, obsessed with finding out what Malfoy is doing. And in that pursuit, he almost missaged the Quidditch match during which he is sent to the hospital after being hit by a bludger from his own teammates. Imagine it. It's MacLagan, who is trying to show Peaks how to use his bat. During the actual match in the hospital, he comes up with the idea to use Creature, and incidentally, Dobby, as a way, way to tail Malfoy and to find out what he's
0: up to. Yep, and the final sentence of this chapter, which is where we start every time we're reading, is, That's settled then, said Harry. I'll want regular reports, but be sure I'm not surrounded by people when you turn up. Ron and Hermione are okay, and don't tell anyone what you're doing. Just stick to Malfoy like a couple of wart plasters." <laughs>
1: Like no wonder, poor creature, and like, and Dobby didn't take naps. They said round the clock.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Actually, what's interesting to me as you were giving your summary is I was thinking less about Dobby and Creature, which is really the important thing that comes out of this chapter, and more about how McLagan is the umbrage of this book. Oh, it's the worst. He's the worst. Yeah. He's the worst. <laughs> and the guy who plays him in the movie, reminder, we aren't watching the movies until we finish the book, but the guy who plays him does such a good job at being insufferable. Like, oh, oh, good job. I don't know your name, actor sir, but you did an excellent job.
1: Yeah, insufferable. That's a good way to phrase him. Yeah, just the worst.
0: Okay, so the very first thing I wanted to start with relates to last episode. So in episode 11, we were talking about the memory with Hepzibah Smith. And we didn't really get into it. But she mentions in the chapter that she's related to Helga Hufflepuff, which is how she comes to have Hufflepuff's cup. And there is also a character in this wider universe who shares the same last name. It is Zachariah Smith, the Hufflepuff Quidditch player, and extreme doubter, capital E, capital D, in Dumbledore's army, the one who comes to the first meeting and is just like giving Harry a hard time, like why should we believe you? So Zachariah Smith and Hepzibah Smith are related. I thought a long time ago I googled that and they weren't related, but of course having the same last name Smith, one can never be sure, at least in America it's one of the most common names in the country. Yeah, they're related, so Zachariah Smith is related to Helga Hufflepuff, which is interesting because it means the only founder who doesn't have a descendant that comes through Hogwarts during the series in some way is Ravenclaw.
1: Interesting, and we're sure of
0: that? Because we have Tom Riddle. Tom Riddle is Slytherin and we have Harry. Oh right, I'm making things up because Harry, didn't we have a discussion about Yeah. Yeah, this happened last season about whether Harry's related to Gryffindor and there was a whole bunch of like weird stuff in the memes and I was like this this isn't accurate whatever. So never mind. I stand corrected. Gryffindor and Ravenclaw don't have descendants as far as we know, but it'd be curious. Yeah, Hmm. yeah, not sure. But
1: I do like that you caught that. Little things like that, I just, I do not catch. So
0: that's that's pretty cool. Actually, I just did a little bit of research and it turns out that I am sort of a little bit confused. So I just Googled, do any of the founders have living descendants? And it says, okay, this is (laughs) a questionable forum on the internet, but (laughs) not the wiki. So take it with a grain of salt. Of the four founders, we know that at least one line has died out. Ravenclaw died out as... Helena was the last descendant and she's long dead. So actually we do have a Ravenclaw descendant, she's just a ghost. Slytherin may also have died out, but that depends if Cursed Child is canon or not, which I don't know why it wouldn't be canon because it was written by the same author, but anyway. And Hufflepuff may have died out, but it depends on if Hephzibah Smith has any living descendants. So according to Mugglenet, Zachariah Smith is a relative of Hepzibah Smith. doesn't mean he's a direct descendant, but he is related to Hufflepuff if she's related. If he's like her great-great-nephew or something, and they're both related from Hufflepuff, like descended from Hufflepuff, then her line hasn't died out. Don't know anything about Gryffindor. That was not included in the random forum that I ended up on. Hmm. Well, now we know. Wait, okay. So I clicked into this article from MuggleNet that says that Zachariah Smith is related to Hepsiba Smith. And this is a terrible Google result, actually. So what it said on Google was that he is related. But here's what the article actually says. This is why you should never only read the headline. Okay. It says, why is Zachariah Smith a Hufflepuff? That's the title of the article. And it says, it's confusing to readers why obnoxious and spiteful Zachariah Smith was sorted into the house known for kindness and loyalty. After much thought, I have narrowed down three possibilities. Number one, Zachariah Smith is a relative of Hepzibah Smith. So it's not that that he is related. This person is positing that could explain why he's in Hufflepuff when he's not really Hufflepuffy. The other two reasons they give, Zachariah Smith actually has Hufflepuff traits after all. We just don't see them. And number three, uh, Hufflepuff takes the lot. So he didn't fit in any other houses, (laughs) so he ended up there. But the result on Google, it was unequivocal that they're related. And then when you click in, it's like, oh, no, that's just a possibility. So I stand corrected by the internet and the internet one click deeper. My goodness. Now I see why that other forum was saying that we don't know whether the line has died out or not. Mm, Okay. Well, now we know that we don't know. There you go. Weird Corners of the Internet. (laughs) Brought to you by Weird Corners
1: of the Internet. (laughs) Oh man, you know what I caught was something very small but very sweet. Aragog is sick. And of course, Haggard was so busy. He, he just ran to the hospital and he just found out about Ron because he
0: was reading to Aragog on his deathbed. What? That's so sweet. I know i know i noticed that too and i don't ever remember that being a detail that was laid out it's like it gets buried in so much else that's happening right now because again harry's got ron's just been attacked he's trying to get slughorn's memory he's becoming more obsessed with malfoy he gets whacked upside the head by mclagan's bludger it's like a whole bunch of things and then there's this little gem that becomes so important as we discussed in after the burial a couple episodes ago that you know aragog's death is a pivotal plot point in this book it Mm -hmm. needs to happen for harry to get the memory
1: Yeah. Yeah, 100%. You said something that jogged something in me as well. And talking about Harry being obsessed with Malfoy. And again, I just can't help myself. This is kind of the point of the book, but Harry investigating Malfoy and always coming to the wrong conclusion about Snape. It it just, it reminded me of whenever Lupin is going after Snape and he was like, always late to the party and you have the wrong conclusion, you know? And it's like, they're literally so similar. They're both so obsessed with this, with this person, with this thing that's happening and literally don't, Dumbledore's like, dude, leave it alone. You don't know what you're talking about. I know what I'm doing. Trust me. And instead, Harry and Snape are both just so nosy and so full of themselves in a good way. We love Harry, right? But Mm -hmm. he has to be a little Mm -hmm. full of himself to like decide to like offer himself up to the Dark Lord. But
0: anyways, yeah, yeah, they're
1: just they're similar in those ways, which is
0: kind of funny. Mm hmm. The face I was making when you were discussing that was the memory of that line. Because that line is, I don't think it's in the book, I think it's in the movie. And it's actually Sirius who says it to Snape in The Shrieking Shack. It's something like, and I can't do it, you know, hats off to Gary Oldman, naturally. As usual, you put your keen and penetrating mind to the task, and as usual, come up to the with the wrong conclusion or something like that. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a very <laughs> beautiful, like well-delivered, like shade throwing. Like, but he's saying it to Snape. Whereas in this case, it's Harry who's the one who needs to be reminded that like what you see isn't always what you get and that's what we've been talking about when we talk about Snape in this book.
1: Yeah yeah for sure yeah okay maybe it wasn't in the the book but it is a line that I remember really well from the movie
0: so. Mm -hmm. It's a very good line it's very well written and Gary Oldman as I said hat tip uh delivers it with (laughs) such perfect timing.
1: Yeah for sure. So what's what did you come up with in this chapter?
0: The only other thing that I had a note on, and it's kind of like a, a broad note, like sometimes I put a sticky at the beginning of a scene because I just want to see if we get to it, is this scene where mm-hmm. Creature and Dobby arrive into the hospital wing and, you know, Harry has just called Creature and Creature's literally in the middle of a fist fight with Dobby because Dobby has <laughs> co- taken offense at Creature bad-mouthing Harry in the Hogwarts kitchens. And I just really enjoy the scene of these two house elves because we say, well, we said it a lot last season that we wanted more of these house elves. We want to get more of the creatures and creature in particular understanding. And this is a really excellent data point in the creature timeline of how angry he is at Harry, how much vitriol he has. Like he is insulting him to his face, which shows how just the tiniest bit of kindness that Harry shows later in giving him Regulus's locket transforms their relationship because this is a lifetime of bigotry and hatred that he's throwing at Harry and it's able to be resolved in just a few more interactions later. It's really incredible how much Creature develops and how good of a house elf he is and how loyal he is to his masters and mistresses, even when they're in opposition to one another.
1: Yeah. Again, another example of the
0: power of love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Great. That's a good job. Nailing in that thesis on our (laughs) our college essay about uh, Harry Potter and the power of love. You just nailed it. (laughs) That's like when you're writing a college essay and you get to a paragraph and you're like, I can't write, like I literally said it as badass as I could, like as quickly and efficiently as I could. And the paragraphs are like two lines long on your computer. And you're like, how do I fill more words in here? Because I have a minimum (laughs) word count, which is the silliest thing in college essays anyway. Yeah, it's just that whole scene. I mean, we have Dobby and his loyalty. We have the really smart decision that Harry makes to call upon the house elves to do this work for him, to do surveillance when they have magic he can't use and, well, can stay awake for a week, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it really was. And I thought it was interesting that they both showed up. I mean, obviously a good thing, or I don't know, you never know what could have happened because Creature isn't really loyal to Harry, so it's a good thing Dobby was Mm -hmm.
0: tailing him. Mm -hmm. Engaged in fistfight at that exact moment. Yeah, well, that's all I had in this chapter. Do you have anything else you want to cover? No, no, that was it. Okay. Well, this one was interesting because obviously the chapter is called Elf Tales. And actually, now that I'm looking at it, why is it T-A-I-L-S? Oh, I just got the joke in the chapter title. <laughs> I definitely was thinking it was T-A-L-E-S and never really understood it. And now I get it. And oh again, my gosh, that's the interesting you? part is that that's like the very end of the chapter. There's a whole other chapter in there. But what a clever title. That's why this is the title of this chapter, because if you we actually read it, it's very clever.
1: <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, that is so funny that you
0: didn't catch that. I yep, never caught That's it. It's funny. Was it literally? Wasn't until I spelled it aloud with my mouth and heard my own le- like the letters in my mouth. Oh, I'm like they don't have tails. <laughs> <laughs> Every once in a while, I have a a, a not Hermione moment. That was it.
1: <laughs> oh, I love it.
0: <laughs> okay, with that, let's wrap everything up as usual. Please, please, please leave us a five-star rating and review. Let us know what you think. I was actually thinking on one of our recent episodes we recorded, you said like, if you love us or hate us, there's this funny thing in psychology, we're taking another quick detour, you can see my mind's all over the place today. When people rate stuff, like on a scale of one to 10, how do you feel about X? They often end up in the middle. And yet when people do ratings, they often don't end up in the middle. They end up either at a one star or a five star. It's been well documented. If you look, there's all kinds of data about this. And it's so interesting how we deviate that way. So if you are in the middle, if you're like, this is OK, go leave us a three star rating. Give us that feedback. I welcome anything that we have from any of our listeners. We really do appreciate it. We obviously would love five stars. And if you want to do five stars and feedback, or you want to do three stars and no feedback, whatever you feel like doing. Grab that phone, leave us that feedback on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening. And you can also reach out to us on social media.
1: Yes, please. Please reach out to us. Give us a follow. It is Bell Jar Pod, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. If you would prefer to go to YouTube and watch and see our beautiful faces and see all the funny expressions we make, you can listen and watch at the same time. So go check us out. Feel free to interact with us, comments. All of the above. And you can also send us an email, podcast at fallothethroughlies.com. It is Valerie's incredible site, all about Harry Potter. You should just go check it out anyways because it's so cool and you're listening to this, which means you like Harry Potter. So I promise
0: you will not be disappointed. There's more Harry Potter. <laughs> That's all, do, we need, do I need to say anything else? I've been working on it for two years and there's two years worth of Harry Potter stuff on that site. Yes,
1: so much. Okay, well, thank you for joining us and we hope that you will join us next time. Hope you have a good day. See ya. Glittering Bell Jar is a Harry Potter podcast produced by the Calibro Group in partnership with Wild Goose Creatives. It is an unofficial fan project that is not authorized, approved, licensed, or endorsed by J.K. Rowling, her publishers, or Warner Brothers Entertainment Incorporated. Our theme music is Carnival of the Animals, R125, Aquarium by Moments, licensed via Soundstripe. You can discover even more magic on followthebutterflies.com.